This is Sky Elabar, Big Braden from the Greasy Strangler, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Elizabeth Durazo, Janet of the Greasy Strangler. How you doing? Hi, I am doing good. Excellent. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. It's a pretty nice day here, actually. Last week it was snow, and it's actually uh, pretty warm. Well, it's like 50. Warm for me. Oh. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> when you first heard the the name Greasy Strangler, what did you think? Well, I got the script first. My mm-hmm. agent sent it to me. Um, and I was working on another TV series at the time, uh, Idiot Sitter for Comedy Central. And uh, he said, like, you got to look at this. He's like, I think this is going to be huge. He's like, it's like Napoleon Dynamite on steroids. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a read and, and I'll let you know. And he, cause he really wanted me to go in for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and after I read it, I was like, I, like, I personally liked it mm-hmm. as like a fan of like films because it reminded me a lot of this and a lot of, like, um, I guess of John Waters earlier films like Pink Flamingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but, then when I realized that the role that I would be reading for would be for Janet, I was like, oh, hell no. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'll totally watch it as like a movie gore. Mm-hmm. I do not want to do like, these things that uh-huh. are happening. Right, right. Um, so I was pretty, um, I was pretty adamant that I wasn't going to go in. And uh, it kind of stayed like that until the day before. Uh, until the actually the morning of the audition, um, and uh, then they convinced me to go in. So I went and read, and they called me in for a chemistry read, and I really didn't want to go in for that either <laughs> because I was just I was scared to taking it on. I mean, because mm-hmm. like you you saw the final product, and the, oh, although yeah. now I've grown to appreciate it and and grown to like really. Like I, I get the like I get the vision and everything that they were going for. Mm-hmm. As an actor, um, it was a little scary to tackle, mm-hmm. um, but um, but I'm glad I did. You know, I actually learned a lot about myself as an actress, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it's been a really it's been a crazy ride, and and uh, and just to see the reception that people have given it, yeah, um, it kind of m- it makes me 
it like it ends up being like okay like you know like yes you did this and people like it mm-hmm. um because you know i was afraid of what people people were going to say and i was i was self-conscious about it and sure. uh and also i was afraid of what my family was going to say but <laughs> right. i took what yeah. one of my sisters saw it um in austin at the fantastic fest along with my cousins and they loved it my sister's mm-hmm. like i don't know what you were afraid of i love it <laughs> uh-huh. so yeah. I guess it was just all in my head. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not for everybody, but I could see, uh, you know, like when I'm watching, I think it's hilarious, but definitely, uh, if I was reading it, like, I don't know if I, I myself would want to be, uh, doing that. But when, when you did see the finished product, uh, was it, you know, with all the, the music in it and set it together, like, uh, was it how you thought it would come out or was it different? Was it better or worse? It was better. Well, I mean, like the first time that I saw it, I saw it at Sundance. And the first time that I saw it, it was very hard for me to be, um, subjective. to like put, like, yeah, to be subjective because I was so, uh, I was so in my head mm-hmm. about, you know, people's reactions or what they were going to say with, you know, like, you know, and then we had a few walkouts, which then we ended up just kind of wearing like a badge of honor <laughs> because at the time people had walked out from our movie and from Swiss, is it Swiss Army Man? <laughs> yeah, or? Swiss Army Man, right. Yeah. So it was kind of like a badge of honor. Like if you're walking out of the midnight showing for Greasy Strangler, <laughs> uh-huh. but I still couldn't really, really be, be uh, subjective with it. But then the second time that I saw it, I was like, oh, I get it. And then the third time I saw it, I was like, Oh, holy crap. Like, like that's just like everything sort of came together for me. And then now I was seeing it as a moviegoer as opposed to as an actress criticizing her work. Yeah. And, uh, and just like the, the, the kind of, uh, the, the atmosphere, like the, uh, that was created, like, um, I think Christina, uh, which I, I think I just saw that she got nominated for something, which I, I was really hoping that she would because, the, the work that she did for our costumes and also the set designers, just like the world that was created for our characters mm-hmm. that we lived in was pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, like now I see it and I'm like, okay, I get this. Like, this is a really cool, like funky kind of twisted film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and either you love it or hate it, but yes. you don't go, uh-huh. you don't, you never leave going like, eh, I, you know, I don't uh-huh. really care for it. You either, it's, it's a polarizing film. Like you love yeah. it or you hate it uh-huh. and that's it. But you, but you remember it. Mm-hmm. That's you fun. definitely remember it. Definitely. That's why I've said the exact same thing. Cause everyone I know either loves it like myself or they just watch it and they're like, you know, what is wrong with you? Why do you like that? And I said the same thing. No yeah. one just goes, eh, it's, you know, okay. It's, it's definitely, it's uh, which I think is, uh, <laughs> I would, I would prefer someone to have a strong opinion one way or the other. About you, yeah. you do. yeah. So, uh, what was Jim Hosking like uh, as a director? Because I, I watched your your commentary or your uh, interview on the Blu-ray, and uh, you were like one of the only people that were uh, not necessarily just totally gung ho about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the thing is, we also have to understand Sky had worked with Jim before. Yes. Yeah, that's so what everyone did. Have I a think. relationship yeah. going into it. Uh, Myself, like, um, I had never worked with him. And I was, you know, I was hesitant from the very beginning. I was never shy about my feelings, about being hesitant um, about the film. And uh, so I was a little less trusting, I think. Mm -hmm. I kind of had to 
like um for me it was like okay you have to earn my trust uh, on set because because of, of what we were of what we were dealing with um you know like uh just when it came to the sex scenes and the nudity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think he did a great job. I think he did a fantastic job. And I think that, you know, we shot this in three weeks in Los Angeles for a very, very small budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, and he did, um, you know, what, what he needed to do and what he, and I mean, I don't know that he, if he did everything he wanted to do, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, yes, I, you know, like, he's was like, awesome. And I don't think he'd say the same thing about me because there was that <laughs> hesitancy on, on my part as well. So uh-huh. I think that we worked, um, we worked well, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I think I get his vision. I mean, cause he's, he also co-wrote the, the, uh, the movie with, uh, with Toby and, uh, like I, I get his vision and, and uh, he, he's that kind of like, um, he reminds me of, of, uh, of like an, uh, oh my gosh, but uh, I'm thinking of the director, uh, Royal Tenenbaum. Uh, oh yeah. Anderson. Paul Anderson yes, Paul Anderson. So, um, yeah. yeah. So it, he kind of reminds me of that, like that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's, he's a very nice guy. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a very, very mm-hmm. nice guy. And uh, I, I think for me more the hesitancy, hesitancy was part of, that I wasn't completely comfortable with the material. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we sometimes butted heads for sure. Uh, but I think in the end, like the finished product was really great. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's still like, he still got what he wanted. And then I still felt like I had some sort of, you know, some sort of modesty. <laughs> in the sense, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so but yeah, what, 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 for some of the sex scenes and stuff, uh, what makes all that stuff so funny is everyone's really, you know, committed to to the role. So, how how do you go about, uh, you know, giving it your all when you are a little a little hesitant? Well, I mean, it just you would just kind of get like for me, I would just kind of have to get through it, and uh, you know, and wanting to get it, you know, in the first few shots as opposed mm-hmm. to being exposed for too long, <laughs> because even though quote unquote they're closed sets. There's still on a closed set, still about ten to fifteen people around you, mm-hmm. you know. So you know when when you're bearing it all, you're bearing it all for everyone who's in there, and uh, and then it's also the, it's not because it's like the fear is not that it's going to be like you know a turn on or anything like that because there's n- there it's so unsexy. Right. Sex scenes on set are so unsexy because it's like you know people are adjusting like oh do your arm this way or you know right. adjust your leg this way like oh you know, like now move a few inches forward and bend over, you know, it's mm. very technical in that sense to get that shot done. So, um, it was more about, for me, it was like, okay, like, let me get through this first shot, you know, and hopefully we get it done this one, if not the next one, uh, or, uh, you know, alcohol and some, <laughs> some <laughs> applications, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's no, there's really no easy way. I mean, there's something like Michael, Michael's and Michael's is like, he's like, I don't care being naked, but he's like, I don't know if someone else is going to care that I'm naked. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like he was very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was what it was. And, you know, we, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, I signed on to some of this, you know, uh, because I did have a nudity clause and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. But, uh, but, you know, just kind of doing it. Once you, 
just take off, take off the robe and let it happen. Yeah. How would you compare Sky and Michael's actors? Because uh, I had them both on, and Michael said, uh, you know, Sky was very professional, and he's kind of out there. Well, yes, Michael is just a very even eccentric guy, uh-huh. you know. Um, and I actually, I really, really liked working with Michael. Like he was just really, really out there. And, uh, sometimes he would be completely off page, but that was kind of the fun of it because you were, you kind of never really knew what was going to come out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really loved working with Michael with Sky. Yeah. We just basically would get down to business and, you know, mm-hmm. and just get the scenes done and. Because uh, we were both focused on our dialogue or whatever, and then we would just jump into the scene. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we would talk, you know, in between takes and stuff like that. But it was main, mainly with Sky. It was just very like, okay, we're here on set. Let's get these shots done. You know, like let let's get this going. Yeah. Uh, and then that was it. You mm-hmm. know, but with Michael, there was more of a because um, Michael is so endearing. You know, yeah. I, I think <laughs> that anyone who meets Michael can't help but love him because mm-hmm. he's just an endearing guy mm-hmm. like we were out in new york together promoting the film uh when it um they showed it in brooklyn and uh, michael and i were like went around the town you know we took a carriage to the central park and you know it was like this whole thing like i i adore michael <laughs> yeah so uh, when you're watching the movie or uh, uh, would you prefer janet to in, in the perfect world end up with big Braden or big ronnie actually would have preferred her to like survive first and foremost. <laughs> uh-huh. But with neither of them where she just threw them both away and be like, whatever, done. Uh-huh. Right. Like right. I got my yayas off, you know. Uh-huh. I'm solid now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil the movie, but the little the twist ending at the end does make me laugh quite a bit because I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, um, what, what, but, uh, yeah. yeah. What about the Hootie Tootie uh, Disco Cutie line? Did you uh, did you know that would be like so popular uh, when you're filming it? I did it. It was so funny because <laughs> like the line was written by by Jim and Toby. Like they co-wrote the script. So Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie was always in the script. But the dance, it, it, the dance is a dance that I do because my sister, my younger sister, uh, Jeanette, always says that when I'm drunk, I dance like a retarded robot, and that's the dance that I do. Uh-huh. So then I, I, you know, I try to teach it to Michael. So Michael did his version of it, and then you also see that dance where I'm doing like a shorter version of that or like a different version of that <laughs> in the disco. Mm-hmm. So like the dance, yeah, the dance is me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's very cool. Uh, well, he and he, I, I guess he was a good uh, he was a good student since you you taught him to dance very well. Yes, he was fantastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you watch a movie with an audience, uh, is that nerve wracking in itself? That you know people are there watching uh, not only you watching yourself for the first time on the big screen, but uh, in this particular you know movie, and uh, you know other people are there. Oh, absolutely! It's always. It's always, and not even with this movie only, like, you know, I, a few weeks ago, I watched the movie Lemon, which I was a part of, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's always just nerve-wracking. It's uh, just, because it's like, you know, the, this is your work, this is, you put, you know, your, like, time and energy and, 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 uh, and everything that you've got into, you know, a particular role or whatnot, and just, you know, hearing people's reactions, you know, and you're hoping that they love it, but you never know, you know, because again, it's like, 
art is so subjective. Subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never know what uh, the response is going to be. But luckily, at least everything that I've heard of from people that have that I've spoken to, they they really really like this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, so I can't you know I can't really complain about that because everyone has been really really nice and no one there's like no I haven't gotten like any like me or anything like that, so <laughs> right. well, <that's laughs> I call good. that a win. Yeah. Uh, I got some more questions <laughs> here from uh, Facebook. Uh, Jason Mitten wants to know, uh, what, we can, what would you, who would you consider your greatest on-screen romance? Big Ronnie, Big Brayden, or Steve Janowski? Steve Janowski. <laughs> uh-huh. He's one of my dear friends. Like, uh, we, like, uh, you know, like, even now, like, he's one of my dearest friends. He's, like, a great, great guy. But, yes, I think Steve Janowski and Maria had something really, really special. Um, and and then they have four kids. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. that was, like, that, I would say, yes, definitely. My on-screen would be him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it just uh, the experience, like, working on Eastbound and Down? And that, I mean, just one of my oh, favorite shows. it was awesome. Uh-huh. That was the, one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, I, I have the career that I have now, you know, thankfully because of Eastbound and Down. Um, you know, I was, I was so green when I, I was on that show and they knew that because I had no improv background. I had, I had never really taken any acting classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I was cast on that show, um, it, it was, you know, it changed my life and it, uh, just working with Danny and with Steve and, you know, with Jody Hill and with David Gordon Green, who who was one of our directors, you know, uh, just working with the, the caliber of people that I got to work with throughout the run that it was on. I mean, like Lily Tomlin was on John Johnson, you know, Matthew McConaughey, Jason Sudeikis. Like, I mean, we had a freaking amazing cast, like Katie Mixon, you know, Jennifer Irwin and John Hawks and, um, it was it was an amazing experience, and it was like uh, like family going back to camp every summer and and working in you know in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then sometimes we go off to Puerto Rico season two, and then we did you know uh, Myrtle Beach uh, season three, and then we did uh, was it Charlotte? I think it was Charlotte, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, like our final season. So i don't know it was a great experience and working with will ferrell like that was really <laughs> fucking awesome yeah definitely um yeah no mm-hmm. I, I love i loved that I, I loved every minute of it and i love all those people um and like i said i'm still really good friends with uh with particularly steve you know mm-hmm. so yeah how, how did you get uh how did you get into acting like because uh, you said that you didn't have uh, acting classes and uh, what made you like well, try out for the movies and stuff or the TV show? <laughs> I was a girl in Texas, um, and uh, I was obsessed with the X Files, and mm-hmm. I wanted to work with Dylan Anderson and David Duchovny. So when I turned eighteen, I got on the bus and I moved here because I wanted to be an actress just so that I can work on the X Files. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and then I started working as an actress. I mean, I pursued. I did extra work for a bit and then I got my first role in 2005. I had taken like one or two acting classes at the local college, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I did, you know, some stints like on ER, on Southland and like, United you know, States of Terror and stuff like that until I landed eastbound and down. Mm-hmm. But it was really, literally, because I was a big fan girl for the X-Files until we never seen David Duchovny. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what did you think of the reboot of the X-Files or the new season? 
I really wanted to love it. Uh-huh. I really wanted to love it because that show is my childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started watching that show when I was 12, you know, and I remember September 10th, 1993. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it broke my heart because I felt like they were caricatures of the characters that they once were. Mm-hmm. I felt that some of the dialogue like was not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I know other fellow fans were probably going to be like, you're not a real fan. You're not a real file. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny, uh, outside of season 10. Mm-hmm. I think that they're great. Like he was fantastic in Californication, mm-hmm. you know, and she's been fantastic in like the fall and Hannibal. Yeah. And I know, you know, I think the material was really not up to par with like their acting skills. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, um, I was disappointed. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I hope that if they do come back, that they get Vince Gilligan back and that Chris Carter kind of takes take the back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to because I think he's so close to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having like writers like Darren, you know, Darren Morgan and and Vince Gilligan and Frank Spotnitz and um, you know, some mm-hmm. of the 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 uh, James Wong, yeah, you know, would be really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was that Hannibal uh, went off. I was I was a huge fan of Hannibal. I thought that was great to use. Hannibal- fantastic yeah. right yeah it was awesome oh my god the cinematography in that show was brilliant mm-hmm. i was like oh my god i was i was so bummed when they took it off the air mm-hmm. it was so good yeah and i, so, was, re- so freaking yeah, and I was really uh pumped to see you know how how they handled the uh, you know silence of lambs in, in like this new world you know the story of the silence of lambs you know i was really looking forward to that but, yeah uh, yeah it was really it was really it's depressing. such a sh- it's such a shame mm-hmm such as it, but uh, is it Brian Fuller, right? He he was the one, the creator of it. Yeah, he's always talking about Fuller? you know wanting to wanting to do it, uh, you know, again. So I don't know if it, it'll ever happen. But doesn't he? Isn't he also having another show now that also Jillian Anderson is a part of it? Oh, well, maybe he uh, does. something like Gods of something or well, something you, of God. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, he's really great. Like I really like his, his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I am also like right now I'm obsessed, um, with Orphan Black. I'm obsessed with that show. I'm not seeing that. I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I need to watch it. Tatiana uh-huh. Maslany is like freaking amazing. And that girl deserves all of the awards because mm-hmm. she is, it, the show is awesome. Mm-hmm. Orphan Black. You gotta yeah. watch it. I will. So good. And it's only 10 episodes, 10 episodes per season. Oh, nice. uh, the fifth season, the fifth and final season is starts in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it's a 10, a 10 episodes per season. So it's a super quick, like binge watch. Yeah. And I totally recommend it. And as you can tell, I am a major fan girl of television. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think the last like 20 years or so has been like a golden age of television. It's been so yeah, great. Yeah. It's been shows. getting really good. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think a lot of it's better than, than, than movies. Besides Greasy Strangler, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, overall, well, I, I saw Arrival, and I thought Arrival was really great. Or maybe I, I did too. I just that, watched um, that the other night. That yeah. Amy Adams was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, it was really original, and uh, you know, yes, it's nice to see science you know, fiction movies. It, it's not it just reminded me, like bits and pieces, reminded me of Contact, the one yeah. with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it was good. To, I, it was good to see a science fiction movie that's not just uh, you know like a shoot 'em up action, like just you know shooting up aliens, like an actual uh, yes. intelligent science yes. fiction movie. Yeah, uh, no, it was really it was really well made. I liked it. Yeah, I did, yeah, I liked it a lot too. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this person's name because it's Q Q A S. I think Cass Cass Jordan. She wants to know. Uh, what does it mean to you personally to be a hootie tootie disco cutie, and what should I and America do to become one too? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta get the dance down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always—it's so funny. Um, I've I've gotten a lot of people that have asked me that on a, a Twitter as well about being a hootie tootie disco cutie. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's I guess it's it's uh it's flattering. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, I, I think yeah, I think that anyone should start with uh, no inhibitions and get the dance down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, um, while we're uh, while when we're recording this right now, you have something coming up tonight. You want to let everyone know what that is. Oh, I'm just attending an event. Um, it's an event uh, for this film uh, that is called uh, Cry Now. It was uh, Lupe Ontiveros' last film before she passed away. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm attending the event, you know, in order to support, uh, you know, just support Latinos in, in the mm-hmm. industry and, uh, um, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. um, support this film. Yeah. That, it was the last one that she made. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Actually, on, a, like, a serious note, uh, I, I noticed uh, on the interview on... Uh, on uh, the, the Blu-ray, you mentioned, you know, this was like uh, maybe the first or one of the first roles you had where, it, you know, it never really comes up what national, nationality you are. You know, you just happen to be an actor in the movie. And I thought that was, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't something I thought about when I was watching it. But uh, then afterwards, like, oh, that's that's really cool. And I don't know if it's something you want to talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, because most of the time, I mean, and not that I don't appreciate the job, by the way, you know, Mm -hmm. like I do, like I'm just glad to keep working. But most of the time I've been, you know, either a maid or a nanny or, or something or other like that, um, you know, or gangbangers, girlfriend, stuff like that. And, uh, what I really liked about the Gracie Strangler, you know, once I got out of my head for a bit, you know, because I was so neurotic about things, mm-hmm. um, it was the fact that my, like, my being a Latina was never mentioned, was never, there was never any allusion to it. It was just, I was just a girl who was, you know, going back and forth between these two, uh, these two men, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, I was like the vixen. I was like, you know, like pitting them against each other. Like I was just kind of stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I just, I loved that that was, that's what it was. I was just this character, Janet. That was mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and, uh, and, and it's rare, at least for me to get roles like that. Uh, it's been rare because, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I've, I've, although on East Mountain Down, I wasn't really, I, I was the way that I was told on East Bound Down was that in season two, she was like a nurse or was studying to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. But then in season three, I ended up taking care of, of Toby. So I ended up being Toby's nanny, essentially. Uh-huh. But uh, And then in season four, Maria was doing hair. <laughs> uh. So technically, I guess East Bound and Down also, I never really thought of that. But people assumed that I was like something like that on East Bound and Down. But because I couldn't speak English, you know, because right. I had the, the accent and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I really like that. And the, the part that they, they allowed me to be a person. Yeah, yeah. They just allowed me to be a person. Mm-hmm. 
That's what, you know, yeah. Because that would be what true equality is. It doesn't, you know, matter. It's not even brought it, you know, brought into tension. Uh, Did you, did you keep the wig or any of the, uh, any of the wardrobe? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I wish, no, the wardrobe we went in uh, and uh, I was there with Christina when she was pulling it from Universal. Um, So she borrowed it from the costume department there at Universal. Uh And, um. And the wig I didn't get to keep, and the merkin. There's no way I wanted to keep because I wore that thing for the three weeks, and that thing was falling apart. Because uh-huh. <laughs> she had to hand lay it. My my makeup artist Lex, uh-huh. uh, God bless her, because I was like spread eagle on this house, and like inside this house that was like falling apart, and she was like literally like my hoo ha was out for the entire world to see, and she would hand lay it. She would hand glue it to my. My hoo-ha, which I have to have a Brazilian for, uh-huh. so that she could just hand lay the hair. Um, and then, so, you know, like, you're working anywhere from 12 to 14 hours a day, and you're sweating, and you're gross. Mm-hmm. And then she still, I still have to spread my legs for her at the end of the day, and she had to go back in there and take it off by hand. Uh-huh. Uh, so, is, is it worse putting it on or taking it off? Uh, taking it off because, yeah. um, taking it off can hurt a bit for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sky said no, I didn't get to keep sense. anything for Greasy Strangler, but I got to keep the, the, the tips from Eastbound Down. <laughs> you get to keep the what? The tips from Eastbound oh, Down. Oh, awesome. Very cool. It's season four, I got a fake boob right. and I got to keep those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you said, but I thought, I better, I better say, uh. I better ask. Make sure. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what do you have coming up? Well, I have a film right now. The one that I, I told you about, Lemon, um, that just went to Sundance, and and uh, I I believe they got distribution for it, and that was a great, great cast uh, with uh, Brett Gelman, uh, Rita Rhea Perlman, Megan Mullally, Jeff Garland. Um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting her name? Uh, Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry Appleby. I mean, it's a massive cast, and it's a great, great cast. Um, so that's coming uh, out. And then there's this other film that I filmed a couple of years ago, actually right after Greasy Strangler in Canada, which I believe has distribution as well, and it's called Frat Pack. Mm-hmm. And then I have another movie that's in post-production right now that's called Sailboat, uh, and I filmed that in New Mexico, and uh, J.K. Simmons is in that one. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's a huge fan yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Ever since Oz, actually, but um, that's very cool. So I, I loved him on the closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he, what's cool about him is like uh, on Oz, he plays a really uh, like a scary um, uh, neo Nazi, and then but other things he could play like a like a, a nice uh, you know nice like kind of uncle or something, and so he could play all different roles, and he's very believable. Yeah, well, like in like in Juno. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Remember him and Juno? He played yeah. the dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's so weird because you would think you would think uh, he can he would play someone who's uh, you know either he could play like a nice guy or the evil guy, but uh, anything he he could play like uh, all different roles and he's very believable in all of them. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what kind of what uh, genre do you usually work in? Comedy or? Well, I've been working a lot in comedy, which is, um, it was so funny because I never imagined myself in the comedy world. I always thought comedy was too hard. Like, um, I didn't think that I was funny or that I had timing. Mm-hmm. Cause again, I never took improv classes. So everything that I learned, I honestly learned on set on Eastbound and Down, like, you know, working with Danny and Steve, mm-hmm. uh, 
and uh, just watching them do their thing is how I kind of like learned to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I always wanted to be in drama. I always wanted to be like, you know, in a procedural or something like that mm-hmm. uh, or the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now I, I mostly, I mostly do comedy. That's the, um, that's what I get called in for a lot of mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. You mentioned contact and X-Files. Uh, what's your favorite, uh, kind of movies or TV shows to watch? Is it science fiction or? You know what? I, I, I love everything. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, just as much as I loved, and I did love, I want to believe. I know that some files didn't. I, I love the X-Files by the future and I want to believe. Mm-hmm. And I really like contact, but I also love movies. Like one of my favorite films of all time is gone with the wind and mm-hmm. sense and sensibility. Uh, and you know, it, it just goes. And then I, I love cry there, by John Waters. And, uh, you know, it just, I have a very broad, um, you know, there's yeah. like a big spectrum of like what I like. It's not one concentrated on one thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I know I do a horror show here, but uh, I like pretty much anything. That that if I like it, I like it. Is the way it goes. But if you're asking me for horror, I mean, I'm obsessed. I was obsessed with Freddy Krueger since I was a kid. Oh really? Like I started watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like five or six. Uh huh. And I can't believe my parents didn't let me watch it, but I loved Freddy. Yeah. Love, love Freddy, and I love all of the Freddy Krueger films. Like I don't care what, like even the later ones that got cheesy, you mm-hmm. know. Like uh, uh, Dream Warriors, um, <laughs> right. and then it was the one. I think it was four or five that was a bit much for me. Uh-huh. But you know, like I loved all of those films. I did not like the remake. I didn't care for the remake. Yeah, I agree. Because it was missing. It was missing. It was missing Robert England. Because I think he just made Freddy so sinister, but also there was like a weirdly likability factor Definitely. about him, mm-hmm. like because he was like funny as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and they went, I, I think I think if they're going to do a remake of of, uh, of uh, Nine Mile on the Street. They would have to do it with Robert England because I don't think anyone can capture what he captured. Yeah, and with I thought Freddy. They, they went too far with the. Uh, it's kind of like hinted at the first movie, but they went too far with him being you know like a child molester because like uh, then it's yeah. like how can you roof that you know. You, it sounds weird. You can root for kind of root for the the killer, but uh, it's like I can't root for a child molester. Then I'd just be like yeah. weirdo, you know? Exactly because like in the first one, you kind of had an idea that the, the he had yeah. done that, or like you knew, but it wasn't really as like right in your face about it. Right. I mean, like again, it's not like it needs to be right in your face about it for you to think that that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They just did it in such a way where you're just like. You know, like, yeah, that person's being annoying, yet you should off them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed to where this film, you're just like, get the motherfucker, kill him, kill yeah, him. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, I, I even like Freddy versus Jason, B2 Dubs. A lot of, you know, that seems like it's it's, it's uh, picking up in popularity over the years. I know a lot of the people in <laughs> the show really like it. Uh, I always think the uh, the most underrated. One, I don't think it's the best one, but I think the most underrated one was New Nightmare because I just thought it was a really original. Oh my god, I love that one. I love it Although too. you know what, the the end of it kind of like I was like, eh. But yeah, when I they loved, actually like, going. the whole idea of it. Up until she went through like the covers and stuff into the dream world to go find her son. Right. Up until that point, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, just the idea of it, it's like really smart. Yes. Something to think. It was so meta. It was mm-hmm. so freaking meta. Like, I don't know. I really, I yeah. I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah. New Nightmare Man. 
Yeah, and it was cool because it kind of made you like ask even yourself as a fan. It's like, uh, why do we cheer for the for the killer? You know, in the movie. And yeah, it's it's really interesting. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I well, didn't let uh, Heather Leningkamp uh, do this thing. I am Nancy, and she was asking people like she went around the country at different yeah. cons. Yeah, yeah, like asking people like why they were for the killer, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to buy them. I never did. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had her on a few years ago to when, when that came out, talking about it. it it's a good documentary. The there's one oh, really cool. long documentary, um, Never Sleep Again, where it covers every every movie. And it, it's like oh. it, it's like four hours long, but it's it's definitely worth watching because like they spend time on every every one of them. It's not you know they don't they don't rush through even kind of the sillier ones, and so that one's definitely uh. worth watching. I like that a lot. I think it might even be on Netflix right now. Really? Oh, yeah. I might watch that. I love that stuff because I I love I love that franchise. Yeah, and I I think like it's okay to bring it back if they can do it properly, mm-hmm. but like don't touch it if you can't make it better. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a new documentary where he's putting the makeup on for, like, the last time. It's um, Nightmares from the Makeup Chair, something like that. And it's a documentary about makeup in, in film. And uh, it sounds really cool. It's Robert England, uh, you know, talking about while they're putting on the, the Freddy Krueger makeup. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, did you see that Danny, actually Danny McBride, and I yeah. think David Gordon Green, are, they're bringing back, um, what was it? What, Halloween. What Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, I'm really yeah, looking I, I did that. not like the Rob Zombie remake. I don't I either. I think they really missed the point of uh, what made yes. Michael Myers scary. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, for, I don't know for you, but for me, the reason I always, like, I always found Michael so scary was because he had no reason to be the way that because, he was. Yeah. He just was. Mm-hmm. He came from a family that was just, you know upper middle class and like middle America, you know, mm-hmm. that just seemed, and this, he was just evil mm-hmm. as opposed to the Rob zombie. Like he was made by his environment into yeah, this, cause, you know, right. killer. Because you know, when you watch the first one, it makes you think then what's scary about it is like, well, it, I'm in a, the suburb. So, you know, anybody around me can just become a killer. And yeah. That's scary. As opposed to, you know, the which, bully which they kind of have, like, you know, like, look at, at Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, yeah. at Ken Bundy. Exactly, you yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then it's so cool with uh, with Loomis because he really sells how evil he is because he's a psychiatrist. And he's like, I spent eight years, you know, trying to find him. And then he just realizes he's evil. And he's like, then, you Exactly. Know, you know. And I, I think that that was the brilliance of the original film with the, mm-hmm. the Rob Zombie ones. It was just like, you know what, like, the mom was a stripper, like, the stepdad was like just abusive and an alcoholic mm-hmm. and it was just like I, I i felt like it really took away from the actual yeah. you know and he's bullied at story. yeah and he's bullied at school so it's like you would you would assume maybe he wouldn't be a killer but you assume he's not going to turn out to be the best yeah mm-hmm. and then plus when he's, yeah, when no, he's for sure. yeah plus then when he is like the killer he's like seven feet tall and it's like well Everyone would be scared of that guy anyway if he was a killer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, well, of course I'd run away from that guy. But, well, you know, when he's just a normal yeah, sized really guy. Yeah, for Danny and them to, to, yeah. you know, to like, get it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I listened to him on uh, WTF with Mark Marin, uh podcast, and he talked about when he went to film school, he wanted to, like, make a horror movie, and he didn't even want to, he wasn't, like, looking to be into comedy. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then it was uh, not too long after that, it was 
when I listened to it anyway, that it came out that he was going to do Halloween. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to his take on it. Yeah. Because he's very, obviously very talented, and it'd be interesting to see him oh, do absolutely. some sides of, you know, comedy. And and he's also going to be in the new Alien movie, which is uh, is interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this isn't an interview about Danny McBride, but I do like Danny McBride, so. <laughs> That's very cool. And I worked with him, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it all ties together. It all ties together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, it. I guess you. I was gonna say, well, would you work again with um with uh, Jim Hosking, the director of uh, Greasy Strangler? I would if he'd have me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we we worked out. You know the the issues um in the end of like uh, and again it was just more you know my um my hesitancy of like really really tackling it you know um properly because you know i also didn't want to for him to compromise his vision sure um and um you know but you know I, I, even though i didn't want him to compromise his vision i don't want to compromise myself mm-hmm. um but um yeah i think at the end we worked everything out so yeah i would totally work with him again cool and uh, what's the easy? This always sounds weird. I say, what's the easiest way to find you? But I don't mean like come and find you. But, uh, <laughs> You're like, how can I talk? You? I'm just kidding. Right. So uh, uh, people would like to follow you online. Yeah, um, I yeah I'm on Twitter. Um, Emma, it's my handle's at edurazo. So it's just e for my first name Elizabeth, and then my last name Durazo. And then on Facebook, I have a public page um, that my friend runs. But I always answer questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my friend runs it for me, and it's just I think it's Elizabeth Durazo at, at Facebook. And then I'm on Instagram as Elizabeth Durazo as well. And, and people message me there all the time as well. Um, and if you do send me, like if you send me a tweet and I see it, and you want to ask me a question or something, like you know, I can al- I always end up following people, and like they can DM me and stuff like that. I'm not mm-hmm. like, you know, I I respond like. If you contact me, I do respond unless I'm like you know really really busy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Because well, you know, because I'm like I'm a fan of people, and yeah. I'm like you know how would I like you know someone to respond to me, and that's how I respond. So. Yeah, I think that's a good way to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate coming on tonight. I had a, I had a blast talking to you. No, thank you so much for having me on. This is really cool. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, I honestly love the Greasy Strangler. Uh, not too often do I. I just when I heard the name of it, I was like, "That sounds awesome." And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Then I was like, you know, I see the trailer and I'm like, oh my god, this looks wild." And I'm like, "There's no way it's gonna live up to my expectations." But <laughs> I watched it. And I was like, "Yes, it does. This is hilarious." That's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Guys.
Hey, welcome hey, to the station of decapitation without your head. This is Nasty Neil. This is Annabelle Lecter. And that would make me terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And Seth Heiss is lurking around somewhere. He'll pop up at any moment. Be warned. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to think of a, of a good nickname for Seth. I thought Heiss Heiss Baby was what we were Ice, going Ice with. Heiss Baby's good. That one's good. I, I don't think he's really hip on that, but I like mm. it. I like it. I, I suggested the demon semen, Seth Ice. Oh my goodness! He, he did was that one won, and we did a vote. We did a poll. That one actually won, but really, yeah. But if he's not cool with it, you know, well, I don't. I, How about that fueled that. by Satan, Seth Ice. These motherfuckers are gone. These headphones have disappeared. They Guess what else is on? Us right now. The show has started. Oh shit! Welcome. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, We're just talking about a good nickname for you. Headphoneless highs. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> that's uh that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm in shambles tonight. So it's cool. So, uh Annabelle's back with us. The band is back together. It's the first time in the, in a few months, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's been, been too lot. long. Yeah, it's so it's great to have you back. It's awesome We're back to be back again. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, Awesome to be here. I, uh, yeah, I'm here. It's great. Yeah, yeah. we missed you. So it's awesome. The, band, the yeah. band's all back together, and, we're, and we're, we decide to keep Seth. We'll, we'll keep him <laughs> here, too. We don't have to kill him. No, we do not all have to right, send him back or kill him or anything. Yeah, I think the warranty's run out, so we can't send him back. <laughs> I've gotten used to him. I didn't want to kill him. All right. All right. Seth is a good man, too. That always makes it better if I just say they're a good man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but no, he is a good dude. And uh, by the way, for everyone listening, this is Greasy Week. Woo! This, is, this whole week is dedicated to, to my opinion, and many, many, a masterpiece in the Greasy Strangler. So great. And just so you know, great. Yeah, it's just weird. It's original. It's like it's it's like a almost a cartoon in its way. Yeah, and the music is so like you would never. Most people would not be like, "This is the way to go with the music." But when it's happening, it's just man. Yeah, it's just workiness. It's just wonderful. Yeah, and it, this now this is like looking way forward because it's not going to happen to like September. But the man who did the music, uh, Andrew Hung, I believe, will be uh, music of the month. Like. In around September, when his uh, his solo album is released, so nice. So it's gonna be really cool. And uh, he thanked us for uh, for all the love for uh, the Greasy Strangler here on the show. And uh, just a rundown: you can go and check these out on the uh, on the archives here. Without your head, uh, Sunday we had Sam Desanyaki, the Indian tourist. Uh, Monday was uh, Holland McFallister, the Scandinavian tourist. Uh, Tuesday was Joe David Walters Oinker. Uh, last night was Carl Solomon, Danny the Crooner, in like this epic two-hour interview that covered his whole career. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Everyone's been great so far. Uh, tonight, right before this interview, was Elizabeth, or right before we're talking now, Elizabeth Durazo, Janet, also known as the Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. <laughs> she's amazing. Maybe this can be Seth's name. Yeah, I yes. can see that. He got a big kick out of it. Why do you think about that, Seth? <laughs> 
Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. <laughs> and now over to the Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. Seth Ice. How's I that? don't think mind. I think they'd be pretty cool with that. I think so. Yeah. Maybe make something that rhymes with it. Like, what rhymes with disco? Hibisco. Like. <laughs> what? She got the tootie. It's all about the tootie. Yeah. Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. You're cutie, and you're in, in your your hoodie and tootie. Don't you're into ever. disco, so How it all works. Disco bu- booty. <laughs> the disco <laughs> booty. Seth's all about his ass. I'm just saying. Whoa. I mean, like Seth, you describe. My ass I was just embarrassed. That what? My ass is big. That's it. Mine too. That's a good thing. I mean, listen, I got some new pants today, like some new sweatpants, and I suddenly realized these are quite tight around my ass. Let me go look in the mirror. That's <laughs> true. was great. He showed me this picture of him once, and I'm like, why did he send this picture? It's like, look how big my ass is! <laughs> it's true. He, d- he does have a, a buttocks. So, yeah, so I think booty disco that? beauty. beauty that, booty that totally works. Disco booty. Big, That's a hell of a game. For real. Yeah, we could do a graphic and you could have like a disco ball and such. It'd be amazing. You could have disco two disco butt. balls. Uh, yeah, you could do uh you could do uh a graphic of your ass. Not like a nude ass. And I didn't see his nude ass. Just the the pants, the bum. For real, this is why I wear sweatpants, because jeans are not flattering. They just make me look fat. Oh, so, so I stick with the sweatpants. So and uh, by the way, uh, Seth's ass. Real, yeah, real quick though, uh, tomorrow night will be the for the Flashback Friday encore airing of Sky Elbar and Michael St. Michael's Big Brain and Bring Ronnie. Saturday, that was so back, much fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Saturday, back to totally new interviews with uh, Gil Jack's Big Paul, which uh, is an awesome interview. So you know, we, we recorded these. And then uh, it was just added, so it's an extra day for Greasy Week. On Sunday will be Jim Hosking, the co-writer and the director of the Greasy Strangler. And a huge thanks to him uh, for doing it because he was um, editing his new movie uh, when he did this, and he just had a few little bit of extra time, and he stayed much longer than, than he had time for. And also thanks to Joe David Walters, who is Oinker, who uh, encouraged Jim to do the interview after he talked to me. He said he had a good time, and he encouraged Jim, and Jim decided to do it. So it's awesome. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Good crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim. Uh, now have all of them back so I can talk with them. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll round two. But yeah, I believe Michael's already agreed. He's going to come back. I'm awesome. sure this guy would, too. I think everyone would. I saw Michael's, uh, the, did you see Video Dead? I it's have not. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's great. It's just so great. But the problem with Video Dead, and I wrote about this on the uh, in the Without Your Head group with uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Without Your Head Horror, that I'm watching it and it's it's cheesy and it's fun and it's got, like, this is right in the beginning. Zombies come out of the TV. It's like a possessed TV and zombies come out of it. and Like the ring. Yeah, see? But it was made in 1987. So that, I'm like, well, you know. So I could see recycling that idea and it's a little bit different and whatever. But then eventually there's a scene where and I don't want to spoil it, this 1987 movie for all of you, but there is a female character 
who ends up having a house with zombies and she has to like trick them into behaving. So she starts being all smiley and stuff and has them all sit down at a table and feed them like this sloppy food. And I swear it is so parallel to dead alive or brain dead, whichever you prefer. It even has like a greaser zombie. It's like the same hair, the same facial structure. It's got the leather jacket. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems pretty lifted. At least give it credit. Maybe there's a special thanks in Dead Alive I've never seen. But at any no. rate, <laughs> setting all that, that nitpickiness aside is a very, very fun movie. Seek out uh, Video Dead. And some other people, when I posted about it, commented on having loved it. Amanda Cooling was one of those people. So it's, it's just so fun. Cool. I'd to to, uh, love to see Michael in, uh, in something earlier. and uh, I hope, uh, from what I understand, he's getting this, uh, some new roles and stuff uh, from the Greasy Strangler. Cause, you know, Understandable. Well, he should. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, a great, he's a great. And a big thanks to him. He's really uh, supportive of Without Your Head. He shares a lot of the stuff, different interviews and just articles we post in there. And just all yeah, around he'll always job. comment on things, too, which is always good to see. Yeah, oh, that's... definitely. Yeah. And he was jealous because I, I I got myself a greasy uh, I got one of the the pink toques the pink uh, stocking caps nice and apparently not, he wait what is it what'd you get I got a pink greasy hat that I've been dying oh, okay. to always have it's just so awesome and oh. uh, and uh, and apparently he doesn't have any Michael what, so. him a prop hat oh that's me. And so, but I found out, but it was a nice story. He gave all of them away. He gave them all to fans. Oh, but he didn't. I was wondering, I'm like, he had a hat and pictures. Was he take it away at the end? (laughs) (laughs) Quick story. Quick story. When I used to sell XFL merchandise on eBay, um, I got, actually got a call from, it was a quarterback uh, for, I think it was the Memphis Maniacs for one of the teams. And he was buying jerseys from me because they didn't, they didn't let uh, any of the players keep their jerseys or helmets or anything wow. from the XFL. <laughs> they wow. took them all That's back so and like sold sad. them. They were such a budget league. Uh, I, I'm so glad they went out of business. <laughs> oh, so Very few things deserve to... To go out of business more than the XFL. Mm. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, like sound like the guys. I don't want to see them out of work, but exactly, it was but. it was a shitty company. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they recently did a uh, special on on ESPN, one of the twenty for twenties or whatever it is, and oh, like, did they? Uh, yeah, it was really weird. Like they said that like uh, McMahon was all about wanting to do. He was basically encouraging the uh, cheerleaders to have sex with the with the players. He's a fucking. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that guy's. Yeah, I've never heard anything genuinely good about him. Anytime I ever hear anything about that guy, he's taking advantage of someone, ripping someone off, uh, putting people in dangerous situations. It's just all bad. I just. Yeah, he's just not a good person. No. And anytime he's ever tried his hand at something, like, because he's another guy that wants to give himself a pat on the back, like, hey, pal, I'm a self-made millionaire, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, your daddy gave you the company. You know, Vince McMahon Sr. started 
the WWWF, and he gave you the company. And everything else that you've ever done besides wrestling, you've been a horrible failure at. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so don't give me that shit. Yeah, Mm. this crap pride. Yes, but they 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 spin it a different way now since uh, since Linda's part of uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, cabinet. They they make it seem like they started the they make it like seem she started the company basically. Oh, and, uh, it's it's really it's really strange. Back, like at... actual background. <laughs> yeah, so they say like they built this company up from nothing, but. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It had been around for what fifty years before they came. Yeah, because not. Yeah, not only was it. It was actually this grandfather. Oh, was it? I didn't even know uh, that. Freaking his name, but he he was a promoter before that, and then. uh, But Vince Senior is the one that really made it into you know big prominent company, and then. uh, Well, Vince McMahon's not exactly young. So how long ago was that? Like the eighteen hundreds? Like the Wild West? Well, Vince uh, Jr., who's the current guy, he bought it uh, in the early '80s, but he started to work for the company. It, it, the whole story is very lame because he makes it sound like uh, the father had nothing to do with him and he lived in a trailer. But like he was commentating for WWF or WWF in the '70s. So oh, I yeah. think a lot of it, it's just they try to make him sound like the self-made guy. When really, I mean, he, I'm not saying he didn't do anything because they took it from a. Uh, you know, a big company to a national company, but it's not like the it didn't exist. It was a, it was a major company before him. Well, he's but, a skis hey. that'll do anything to make it, so it's not like a total shock that he did it. If you take advantage of everybody and you're charismatic enough or have enough money to get away with it. But anyways, moving mm-hmm. on away from yeah. scumbag. <laughs> yeah, um, I was really happy to see that. Uh, supposedly, Don uh, Terry Gilliam is actually shooting the man who killed Don Quixote. Oh, that's awesome! I'm very that's- excited about that. People who aren't familiar with that name straight off the bat, Terry Gilliam. Most people know who Monty Python is. I, I'm sure. And the crazy animations are done by Terry Gilliam, and since then he's had a career as a director. So he's done, uh, Neil and I, and I don't know if you guys uh, like this movie as well, but this movie Brazil, which is really wild, interesting, Baron Munchausen, well, he's done a bunch of stuff. It, Troy's a big uh, Gilliam fan too. Oh, oh it's yeah. freaking, freaking fantastic. So uh, Neil had shared this documentary with me uh, a couple years ago, and it's so sad because he wants to do this Don Quixote related story, and it's going along, and then... Like, bullshit happens. Like, the old guy's too old, and he can't make it. And then they're trying to film, and then it, it's the weather is crappy. And all these things start falling apart around it, and it just doesn't happen. And then I think you know more from that point on, Neil. Yeah, it's just, it's really, a dep- it's it's like heartbreaking when you're watching it, because you can see how much passion he has in the, in the project, and how exciting he, excited he is. And then just to see it all fall apart from there, so... You know, it's uh, it's still a great, it's a definitely a great documentary, but it's not, you know, like uplifting in any way. It's just no. seen it all fall apart. It's, but yeah, and that, see, it's really depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're seeing the footage as it's happening because there's someone doing document some for whatever reason. I maybe there was going to be like a director's thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's people recording throughout this process, and it's yeah. I think he does that for a lot of his projects. 
So, yeah, it was very sad. But so that's great. Good news for him. Yeah, and, and good news for us. I really uh Oh, it's this is sad though. It says John Hurt uh was briefly attached to uh to the film to play Coyote, but uh obviously it's oh, not happening man. now. Man, that would have been perfect casting. That too. would have been awesome. That would have been totally geeked out for that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that that actually happens because I think that's that's such a perfect guy to make a, a Coyote film too because like all the themes in his other movies really you know are themes in, in Don Quixote you know like madness oh, kind of definitely, fantasy yeah. and I think he's even adding his own little time travel thing to it which he does in a lot of things so <laughs> yeah I don't and I. I don't think uh, Johnny Depp uh, is involved anymore. What a bummer. Aw. Can't say that's a disappointment for me. But he's <laughs> really into the, into the you know, during the documentary there. Yeah, but he wanted to do, like, a bunch of stuff his own way, and it's like, just let this amazing director tell you what to do, buddy. I don't know. I kind of agree. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, the last few years of Johnny Depp's, the last, like, ten years, I can't say I really uh, have been a fan or would let him just choose how he plays a role. I mean, there's a few, like uh, when he plays the pirate, mm-hmm. okay, Sweeney Todd, I thought he did a really good job, but then uh, pretty much everything else, like, oh my God. All of his Tim Burton shit. I mean, maybe he's good at doing those roles, like maybe that's what he's supposed to do, but... Uh, uh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him as uh as uh, uh Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, oh, Marcus, the freaking Dark Shadows thing too. That was. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to watch Dark Shadows. No, I love. Yeah, I never that. saw that one either. I love the black and well, it wasn't black and white forever, but I love that original show. There's no way I could watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some sad news here is uh, Jack Harris, who uh, produced The Blob, passed away. Oh, but uh, he, was, he was 98, so he lived a lot. Well, I guess that's that's in a way it's kind of good news. Like congratulations for making it on Earth. It's 100 <laughs> yeah. years. Remember, oh, yeah. A few years ago, I was uh, looking up like guests for different things, and uh, I was looking at the Blob. I was like, God, ah, I don't know if anyone's still like around from the Blob. And I saw that he was alive, and I actually asked him to come on. I didn't get a reply or anything, but um, but I was well, like, Wow, that's wild. That the guy over 90 then. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad. Said <laughs> he made yeah. it, you know, because got to think Steve McQueen. How long's he been dead? Like thirty years. Damn, I don't yeah. know, but he you know, and he that. was young in the Blob. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, an odd thing with Steve McQueen and and the Greasy Strangler is um, this. Yeah, it's really weird. The, the actor played uh, Oinker, uh, yeah. Joe David Walters. He's in the remake of uh, Papillon. Oh no way! Yeah. yeah. Which was like always one of my it was probably my favorite uh, movie of his, but uh, I don't. It's a weird movie to remake, but uh, it's yeah, like always pretty cool stars. though. Yeah, he said that that it's uh, following the book more faithfully than than the original movie did. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I guess he did a bunch of uh, this guy uh, Jack Harris did a lot of fifties uh, uh, like B movie horror movies. Hmm. What else could he do besides a blob? This is the Blob, uh, 4D Man. I don't remember that one. Dinosaurs. 
Well, this probably is all older stuff that we wouldn't, that maybe at the time you would have been like, oh, that movie's out. Yeah. Oh, he produced yeah. uh, Dark Star, John Carpenter's movie, Dark Star. Huh. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not one of my favorite movies. What do you do? I it. love John Carpenter, <laughs> but that's not one of his better ones. Yeah. Yeah. The Blob is a great theme song. Beware of the blob, it leaps and creeps and slides along the floor. I can't remember the rest of that shit. That's pretty sweet. Beware of the blob. I think it just goes on and on and on like that. (laughs) I think so, too. So, uh, let's see what's going on. uh, Coming up next week is uh, the Boston Underground Film Festival. Yeah. There is the cool kids say the buff. The buff, is it? Uh Oh, Troy, did you like the the trailers for this amazing movie called The Void? Oh, yeah. Well, it's playing. It's going to be at that one? Yeah, Yeah. on Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Because originally, uh, yeah, originally, um, because it's also playing at Coolidge, but not till the end of April. And so this is like a month before, yeah, at the Boston Underground. It's the festival circuit, you know. We did everything. Early in the festival, exactly. and uh, Sky Elobar will have a, a short at uh, at the Boston Underground Film Festival. Yeah, we're gonna oh, totally badass. Yeah, let me see. It's um, pet, pet monkey. Oh. Gonna That's Is he going to be there? Yes. You guys will have to hook up with him. That's the greatest. That would be yes. sweet. Go harass him. He's going. <laughs> he was just Sky, such a nice Sky, guy. Sky. See, I didn't. I didn't mean. Oh yeah, he's great. I, the interview I like is so because f- we had Sky and Michael on the same time, which was a lot of fun. But I would like to bring them each back uh, for their own interview. Because, but because uh, much like Captain Kirk and uh, and and, Nemo, and um, Spock. Spock, one is very like straight. out there, yeah, and then the other guy's very much more laid back and straight. And so, uh, so Michael was very, you know, nothing gets Michael's fantastic, but it was hard for Sky to answer some of the questions. So during the interview, it did, it, it was funny a couple of times. He would just be like, Neil, Neil, to get his answer in. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to find this interview and listen to it. Yeah, it was because yeah, I asked about, uh, having the prosthetic penises, uh, put on. And yeah. so Michael, you know, went on a big thing and then this guy's like, Neil, Neil, he's like, Getting hot glue on your crotch, and then having a string up the up to the crack of your your, your ass—it's never a good thing. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that's always been my motto. So, yeah. Is Michael Epstein coming to town? I don't believe so. Oh man, Michael. Mm-hmm. Where can but, I uh, find a list of these movies? Uh, bostonunderground.org and then go to the schedule I'll send you a link here but yeah there's, there's all kinds of stuff uh, the short is I guess it's just part of the shorts um, I'll send you a link right now knock, send all on, you guys wood. knock on wood Neil won't uh, come down with any near fatal uh, <laughs> ailments because this this was when last year we were going to go see the Frank Henning Lauder film yeah. And he was like, I feel sick. All right, buddy. You know, if you're sick, you're sick. And that's what it is. And then it all went crashing 
down from there. Yeah, it was it was that it was that we were gonna go see the Saturday morning cartoons. I got sick. Uh, I stayed up all night because and I thought it would go away and it didn't. It got much worse. And then uh, ended up going. That was the day I went to the hospital actually. But that's not happening this year. We're gonna no. go avoid. And I think they might have Saturday cartoons again. And if they do, they do. we have to do that. Do they? Yeah. Yep. We'll be there. Saturday morning Saturday cartoons. cartoons. Uh-huh. Oh, Seth, you don't even know. It's like we went before. There was one a couple Halloweens ago at this theater. This is cool old theater. It's not giant. Right. So it's got like the balcony and the old crappy seats and the stage and the curtains and the, all the decorations are old and cool. <laughs> and so they they show these like junky, crappy old movies from I guess the eighties and nineties mostly, and they have like this buffet table of cereals and milks and you know little little bowls and things and uh it's just fucking fantastic and they have like kid stuff so there's like captain crunch and fruity pebbles and something i hated but you know it was like apple <laughs> something like that. Yeah. but you know i'm sure someone totally loves it i was very happy with the uh, captain crunch and fruity pebbles and then they've got like multiple kinds of, they're very thoughtful. They had regular milk, they had like soy milk, and I think they had something else. They had all the options. And you just go there and you get your cereal and you, you tuck in and you just watch cartoons. And I think, I don't remember if we were in pajamas. I remember I looked like crap and I was like, who cares? We're all watching Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, <laughs> that sounds awesome. great. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was and awesome. I just found out uh, actually, Pet Monkey. The uh, the short that he's in is actually on Saturday. Awesome! So it's all ties in together. Yeah, it's part of the don't look don't look back into the sun uh, short program. <laughs> and it's, well, uh, it's be a hell of a day. Yeah, they're showing uh, these are the shorts for the, for that uh, program. They're showing a short called Death Metal, uh, Calling in Demons, Eulagoa, uh, uh, Earworm, Idioms, Origins, <laughs> Another Tale. Computer Fighters, Pet Monkey, uh, Staycation, 4D, Happy Anniversary, Tampoon, and Chicken Tuesdays. Tampoon sounds bad. <laughs> Not only that, it'll be poorly made. I mean, right. that's, that's going to be gross. But the earworm one will probably be a bathroom break for me. Uh. That's, <laughs> I remember being so traumatized as a really young kid. Uh, there was on TV the that Star Trek movie where the worm goes in their ear. Mm-hmm. That oh, and the Wrath of Khan. So that so messed me up as a kid. Like that can't happen. Ah! <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that such a thing was even possible until I saw that movie. And then uh-huh. later, I actually had a bug in my ear. That was horrible. <sighs> horrible i woke up and i'm like i think there's water in my ear because you know how water in your ear makes like this little sound until mm-hmm. it's un- like out of your ear it was like that it wasn't there the whole time and then i ended up being like i think there's something in my ear and person i was with was like well come over here and so smart they put my head under the faucet and had me tip to the side and filled my ear full of water and then the bug came out i said don't tell me what it is don't tell me what it is because I'll never be able to be around that insect ever again without being just absolutely terrified. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. Horrible. I, I remember that. Did it that happened to our uncle with a moth. It, yeah. It crawled in his yep. ear. Ooh. 
monster scared. And nobody scared. believed him. Nobody believed him. They all thought oh, he was lying. It's fucking horrible. Mm, yeah, they go to the uh, emergency room to get it out. Yeah. Believer did that. Did Graham get it out with like uh, tweezers? No, no, he had to go to the emergency room. Yeah, yeah. and even those people didn't believe him. Do the water. Water was brilliant, and I'm not that you guys are gonna have bugs in your ears anytime soon. But you never know. It happened to me. It happened to your uncle. It can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. It's so not like I was in a pile of filth. I was just. <laughs> Something about pile of filth. No. I just heard I like said- a sound of a balloon deflating. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's my ass blowing up. What? You pump it up like up like you're blowing it up like a balloon inflates. It's like your magic mask <laughs> power. No, there was this joke we made like months ago. I think it was probably like a year ago, where like I would say like LMAO and I'd be like, oh shit, no, like I don't want my ass to fall off or something stupid like that. And oh. I'd be <laughs> I'd be like ass crows. You like imagine <laughs> it sounding like a balloon being pumped up. Oh my. I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> Disco Booty. I think that's your name. <laughs> okay with that? Hmm. You accept? You got to think about it. So anyways, what are talking uh, Boston Underground Film Festival. Oh, yeah. You guys are in luck again. They have the all-you-can-eat cereal cartoon party. That's exactly <gasps> it. So the that's cereal it. is back. I think that's they don't do a lot of those Saturday movies. There. Mm-hmm. What do they have? Really? I see HR Puff and stuff. And I think, well, some Flintstone, some Pink Panther, and what like- looks to be maybe. Kid from Fat Albert, maybe? It that's could not be. Fat Albert. Mm. What, the Black Hornet? Or the Brown Hornet? Like, the yeah, it might of- be Weird Harold or somebody. I don't says, care. What uh, it cartoon- it's a great program. <clears throat> they keep it a mystery, it says, but you'll see both faves and obscurity spanning the 60s through the 80s. Wow. Including original commercials and PSAs. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Get Fred Flintstone like hawking cigarettes. You know you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder if we'd be allowed. Barney have like lucky strikes and like that's yeah. the best. I wonder if we'd be allowed to put those in like uh like in between dinner and a movie segments or video segments if you could just have like vintage commercials pop up. That'd be pretty yeah, awesome. Good to make. If there's no copyrights on them, I don't see why not. Yeah. You just like check them for whether or not they're uh, open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a figure like, it out. I want you guys to have like all the Vincent Price ones. <laughs> you know, like when he's yeah, they he showed was pouring out a bunch of stuff for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, they showed some of those during the the last time we were there. That's awesome. It was uh, for Halloween, I think, the year before. Okay. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff, and it actually starts Wednesday for people in the uh, Boston, Cambridge area. Uh, Wednesday, I think it's just like one movie, but the the big ones, you know, start like Friday, Saturday, and then some on Sunday. I can't believe how many shorts they have. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, Saturday's really the main day. That's cool. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Saturday. This one looks. This one's not till Sunday, but there's a movie uh, for people who can make it. Dave made a maze, and mm-hmm. it says Dave erects a wonky cardboard maze in his living room. 
After after years of failing to finish anything of significance, he's determined to see the project through. It's a long uh, write-up, but just the uh, the still the, the uh, thumbnail of the uh, of the video looks pretty awesome. Looks I like know that awesome. I made like a a blanket fort the other day, and I, I'm all about the story. This, this is very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Al Ooh posted a picture of of uh, pulling out some uh, a moth out of someone's ear. <gasps> it's not. It's not good. So maybe no, that'll luck. maybe that'll encourage uh, Al Wolf to get to get some fan fiction done. Annabelle's back, so we need some fan fiction. I don't even. What is that? Tweezers? I don't know. This uh, looks very photoshopped. <laughs> even if it isn't, I'm going to say that it is. That's all I need. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Hmm. Let's see here. Oh, for people on Shudder, uh, The Devils is uh, streaming on Shudder. Well, it is, which is awesome. But I don't know if you saw it because it says there's all this press about The Devils being on Shudder and 109 minutes. It's like the super version that no one's seen. But then I saw that's not true. Mm. Didn't put the super duper extended X rated crazy never seen before version on there. And there's multiple reviews. There's reviews on the Shutter website. I saw there's a Bloomhouse review, and they're they're fantastic. Uh, so the movie is awesome. But I actually think you and I saw the well, I, I didn't, super I didn't extended. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I saw it, and it was fucking. See, you know what? You're we have such a great movie thing i just imagined you there isn't that good <laughs> i don't know not if i really wasn't there but i, I actually did see it afterwards i got i got I like uh, that if someone remembers me and i wasn't there i just let it go because i i'm totally into them just inserting me into their memories uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine as long as it was good uh-huh. so anyways it was crazy it was gross there's like cool. a a Jesus raping scene and there's orgies and it's just madness. But you guys will never see that. No, that's not true because there's actually a. Yeah, I I did see it. I just didn't see it with you. Yeah, but did you see the super extended one? Yeah, I have a, a Blu-ray which I actually believe is some type of bootleg. But uh, yeah, <laughs> or I mean a DVD that's the extended uh, X-rated version. Bad. But if if people aren't going to get the bootleg, you can get the British Film Institute made uh, a DVD. Well, I bought the DVD online, but after I got it, I think it's a bootleg, to be honest. But I might be wrong. Maybe it's just really low quality. Well, I mean, it looks I've good and everything. I've had very looking uh, Amazon films myself, so if that's what you mean. I've got yeah, I've movies on Amazon. I'm like, this doesn't look – this looks cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just maybe maybe just the packaging is cheap. I mean, the movie. So it's not cheap. like the old days where you like went into the CD store and they've got all these mass-made movies. No, we used when, be out. when we uh, when we used to go to uh, the big flea market here, at Troy. That's out of business now, which is crazy because he used to. It was Dick and Ellie's. Dick and Ellie's. Dick and Ellie's. Cheap. They moved to Wellfleet. They're still around. Oh, okay. Well, I thought they just. Well, anyway. Uh, there was a guy there that would sell, you know, like the VHS films way before they were supposed to be out, and we'd always buy a bunch. And then someone tur- someone turned the guy in, which I guess 
But I don't know. It's like it's kind of lame. It ruined it for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, we bought a lot of movies from that guy. That's bad. He did a good job, though. They, they looked. They looked legit. And they were good quality. Mm. The boxes look good. <laughs> Just pretend. Yeah. Yeah, and they were cheap. Yeah, it's like photoshopped, uh, you know, moths in your ear. You just <laughs> tell yourself that. <laughs> so uh, the talk of the town, uh, I think that's what the kids say now, is uh, in the gaming world, there's <laughs> this new Friday the 13th uh, video game where you can play as Jason or the counselors. The I have to say I watched the trailer and it's... Like the little intro, and then it really is two minutes of kills. So I was watching it, and I'm like, well, you know, you've probably seen every kill. It's like the <laughs> massive spoiler for every single... And they look amazing. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's like, I think I've seen it all. So I found, like, I don't know what they call it nowadays, but a playthrough. I don't know if you guys know what this is, but it's someone like plays a, a the game. Kinda... Yeah, so someone plays the game. And while they're playing it, you hear them talk and do commentary. And sometimes you see them like in a picture-in-picture video of, of them reacting. So much better. It looks really Oh, cool. does it look good from that? Yeah. It's a multiplayer game uh, for now. And it's not released yet. It's coming out soon. It'll be $40 if you get it online. $60 if you get it like as a hard copy in the mail or in a store. Um, but it looks really cool. So you play as a counselor and uh, you end up being with other counselors who are other people, like real people. I'm not sure how the Jason works. Like if you're just one person controlling the Jason, the guy made it sound like it wasn't, but I read that it is. Um, but it's cool. It's got like a map. And if you're Jason, you get like special powers. so You can teleport places and stuff like that. <laughs> it's really freaking cool. And the kills are amazing. They look so awesome. It looks like if you played it as Jason, it would be so gratifying to do any of these things. It looks like dangerous. Like the wrong people are going to get this and be like, I totally am going to go in the world and do this now. Because <laughs> if it's this good in the video game. Oh, I'm not saying don't make it. I'm not saying don't make it because it looks fantastic. It really looks great. And then um, a lot of people are involved. Like Kane Hodder did the motion yeah. uh, capture for Jason. Is Savini like involved somehow? He yeah, did. I think Savini. Uh, you know, he uh, did the design for Jason. Well, they have all the J. They have not all the Jasons, but they have uh, several different Jasons from the films. And then Tom d- uh, did a special design like its own Jason and uh, uh, Tom Matthews did um, the character Tommy Jarvis from six. You can play as him. And uh, if people aren't into the idea of a group play, they are doing uh, a solo play, but it won't be out until the summer. It actually looks really good. I don't play a lot of games, but this looked really freaking fun. It yeah, I know Larry Zerner did something too. He was uh, he was because he used to, he was posting pictures at the time when he was doing it. I don't know oh. if he did motion for one of the victims too or what, but uh, it's pretty cool. That's pretty neat if they brought in like you know a lot of the old yeah. people from the yeah. franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they really like wanted to make this for fans of Friday the Thirteenth, which which is cool. Yeah, I heard it's even got like an '80s feel to it, like yeah. the the video. 
Yeah, the music's awful. Oh, is the it? The intro song, I was like, oh my god. Because it is like the old 80s cheese hair metal ballad oh, okay. stuff, which I'm not into. I'm sure a lot of people love it. I'm not into it. And I'm like, oh my god. And then don't just watch the trailer. Maybe some people will love just the trailer alone, but um, if you're questioning it, definitely see one of the, the playthroughs because it's it's a better experience of what the game will be like. Otherwise, you just see like the beginning of a counselor walking around, and then you see Jason kill things, and you don't actually see what the play is like at all. Mm. So. The, uh, by the way, I'll here on the Facebook group, and if you guys are listening and not part of the group, go and join at facebook.com slash groups slash without your head horror, and you can uh, interact with us during the live show and throughout the week, and maybe uh, movie nights will be coming back. Just a lot of fun stuff. Go and join that. But he posted all these uh, commercials uh, with Vincent Price, Troy. They get, there's one. Uh, he's advertising American Dairy. They're uh, all Vincent Price ones? Yeah, Peanut yeah, Butter. I love it. Live. Polaroid, uh, Citibank, credit card, vitamins, and uh, wine coolers. That was a man. But he what about the man. Stay Alive game? That was he that did, was yeah, he had it too. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I have to watch all these. Peanut that was a good game. And I bought that game. His, what's might... the peanut butter commercial? Mm. Vintage Pe- price peanut butter with no. What? Yeah, I just see that no what, but I'm not sure. No jelly candy bar. No, nope. I might still have that Stay Alive video, uh, that board game. I could bring it sometime, and we'll we'll just play the Vincent Price commercial in a loop behind us. And Hell yeah, we'll play it. Yeah, <laughs> give us a review. I remember it being the pretty survival fun. Survival game, yeah, it is for a game with just a bunch of marbles, and you're just moving the little slots back and forth. Yeah, and they fall through the little holes, and yeah, yeah, I remember it being really cool at the time. Will it live up? I don't know. Good strategy game. Yeah. I don't see a lot of that anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Anyone out there who makes games and want us to review them, you can uh, send them send them to us. Or uh, or if you just have an old video, an old board game or card game laying around and you want to yeah. see us review it, you can send it to us. That would be cool. Please. Don't give us, like, like you know, if. A deck of cards is missing like ten cards. Or something. <laughs> right, instead of be all there, yeah, and something you know different. Not you know, don't just send us like an old Uno deck. Like we probably played. That. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it yeah. could. We could give it out as a prize. That's very true. Oh, by the way, the the spread the head prize this month uh, is amazing because it is a greasy strangler on Blu-ray. Nice. So, uh, spread the head, share the the podcast with the Greasy Strangler uh, guests, and uh, the last show this month, or probably the first show of next month, we'll give away uh, the Greasy Strangler on Blu-ray to one random person. It'd be pretty sweet. Where do people get a Greasy Strangler hat? Can you actually buy it? Uh, mine was uh, sent to me by uh, Jason Minton. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking if it can be bought. I think you have to order them from Australia. Huh. Oh, so I can't like go on Amazon and buy. No. <laughs> None of those <laughs> people are from Australia. Well, the movie. Uh, so, well, I found out that the movie's huge in Australia, and I believe uh, 
some of the producers are from Australia. Huh. The the company Monster Monsters uh, who put it out or whatever uh, they're they're in Australia. Hmm. And because right. Carl said that uh, the movie's huge in Australia, so he he wanted to get to Australia to get some chicks. <laughs> what? That's what he said. <laughs> Still a picture from this movie. This movie's so good. Seth, have you seen this yet? You gotta watch it. I no, really I think you'll find it very funny. Where's his fucking hat at? Damn it! You don't I'm trying to sell your hats, greasy strangler people. I'll find it. I, I know the site. I'll get it for you. Now, here's a great quickie. If people don't know about the Greasy Strangler, other from us just mentioning it, here's a little short breakdown. Ronnie, Michael St. Michaels, runs a disco walking tour along with his browbeaten son, Braden Sky Elabar. When a sexy, alluring woman named Janet Elizabeth Durazzo comes to take the tour, it begins a competition between father and son for her attentions. It also brings about the appearance of an oily, slimy, inhuman maniac who stalks the streets at night and strangles the innocent, soon dubbed the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. It's so it's, uh, beyond that description, too. It's beyond mon- trailers. Don't even go to the trailers. You just got to see them. Monsterpictures.com.au is where you can get it. And there's they're very limited. There's not many made. So if you want one, you should order it now. What? I got mine. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, well, you got it sent to you, so... Braggity bragger. <laughs> it doesn't count. We can't all be as cool as you getting our gifts from people, Neil. I don't need to rub it in everyone's face. Monsterpictures.com. Oh, is monsterpictures.au you said? Monsterpictures.com.au. I gotcha. I gotcha. But uh, anyone on, uh, on this show right now, maybe you should not order one in case, in case there is one already. Ah. <laughs> well, I guess some of us are really cool. <laughs> All right. Unless you're giving it to someone else. <laughs> Unless you don't have one at all, and I'm really misunderstanding this part of the conversation. <laughs> Fucking horrible. <laughs> no, I think you understood. You understood fine. Uh, the Belko <laughs> experiment opens tomorrow. What does? I was too the busy. The Belko experience. Oh, yeah. Got him. I when we saw the trailer, I believe we were together seeing the trailer. Uh huh. We were. I thought it looked really in. Well, I didn't want to make the mistake like I made with the devils and insert you into my memories because I guess you don't want that, which is weird to me. I thought it looked really good, but when I saw it again uh, today, I didn't like it as much. (laughs) I think it looks. I think it looks good. The reason. Is because and it's funny because be uh before the show we were talking about a new dog in in the life of one of the Jones brothers. Well, I, I know where you're going with that. I agree. If you, don't, yeah. if you don't mind me revealing it, Troy, I don't oh, want to no, give it. 
personal dog. That's fine and dandy. <laughs> the name of the dog is Megumi. And I said, oh, Megumi is the name of this character in Battle Royale. And it's freaking amazing. She's super evil. And this movie really, it's like this slow forcing of a group of people to kill each other off. And there's exploding heads. And it's really... I don't know. This just seems like a total ripoff of Battle Royale. I remember when uh, Hunger Games came out, and they're like, it's Battle Royale. I don't... Not really. But this... It really is very similar. I guess it's... But it's... I mean, I I know. It's like a totally different kind of world. There's a totally different reason for it. This is... But this, no, a lot this, of these movies are. As, I mean, it's not necessarily an original idea. I've seen yeah. this kind of idea in a lot of things, but I do think but, it looks. Yeah, but not the exploding like body parts and stuff. Like in Battle Royale, you wear a collar. Like you wake up with a collar on you, and if you basically you disobey any of their rules, that collar like there's a point in it that explodes and it blows your throat out, and that's like that's right in the commercial for this movie. I thought it looked more like something like the Purge. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, too. It's not even just that movie. It's like a mashup of a whole bunch of common horror themes. So I'm really mixed. I would still watch it, but uh, I would go in with my, like, a checkoff list of what what other movies is this ripping off. If it does a good job in its own, that's fine, but... Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a few movies out now that uh, uh Get Out is a movie that people are really going uh crazy for, saying it's like one of the best horror movies um, ever made, or at least wow. over the you know, last ten years. It looks really good now that I mean I didn't even know I knew people were into it, but that's a pretty that's a pretty steep compliment because mm-hmm. I remember some of these movies in the past few years have been getting these like ridiculously not true compliments like the exorcist guy being like oh babadook's the scariest movie ever even though i made the exorcist babadook Uh which i like babadook but i I don't think it's very scary and it's definitely not the scariest movie i've ever seen they made the fucking exorcist you you know you you hear that and you're like damn someone who made the exorcist loves this movie and thinks it's the scariest movie it's gonna fucking i won't be able to sleep at night i won't Walk outside of my house without being afraid. I'm just going to be in 24-7 fear. No. Didn't happen. Basically, if like, the director of The Exorcist just had like, the experience that the audience has, because like, he made the movie, you know, instead of just going in blind. I guess, but they made it to be scary. It wasn't meant to be a comedy. Like, they had to... So if you make a good movie, you've got to know what works about it. If it's yeah. really good you better know what the fuck people are supposed to feel you know what i mean true yeah, i think i uh, saw something earlier i think it's broke some kind of record uh where it's like the uh the biggest opening ever for a uh, african-american directed movie directed movie in general or a horror movie me yeah, i don't know it's like uh What's his face? Spike, Spike Lee. Lee. Big stuff. But I don't know well, if his he, movies make a ton. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't think any of his movies have been like necessarily big hits. I mean, they're memorable movies, but Prime Malcolm X is his biggest movie. I don't know if that even was like a huge, you know, moneymaker. What about that President's one? 
Which was one's that? Or something like that. I don't think that was. I don't know. I don't think that's even him. But what? Was it? I don't think so. I might be thinking of the wrong title. Anyways. <laughs> Let's see here. I think I found the. Uh, hmm. Well, here we go. Uh, Jordan Peele is the first black director and writer to have his debut film. Uh, his debut film reach over a hundred million dollars at the box office. Wow, it's hey, awesome. Him. Yeah. yeah, there really are no black horrors at all, unless the the black person is like token black person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. It'll be like it's not even like a specific personality because you've usually got you know the uh, Seth talks about this about casting characters. You got your main character who's usually pretty uh, neutral personality that you can have some sympathy for and whatever. And then you've got some uh, significant Candyman. This Candyman. Uh, huh? Candyman. Oh. Yeah, I guess, but it's not really. I mean, he's the only black character he's not in the it. Protagonist, he's the killer. Yeah, he's not the main girl. <laughs> no, I mean, he's not I mean, a stereotype, true. but I mean, I don't know. But I mean, it's still. I mean, even if you take that into account, it's one fucking movie. And the, what I'm saying is that when you ever have these protagonists, it's like you've got all these different personality types that are there to be filled. But a black person is just the black person. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead is uh, it does a good job, and where it's the black character, but they never really make a point of it that he's the black guy. What yeah. year did it come out? In the sixties. I think that's why it's so powerful, though, is that they and why it still holds up is because they didn't make a big deal about it. He's just this. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be black. Well, same thing with uh, Dawn of the Dead too. You know, with Ken <laughs> Foray's character. Mm-hmm. Another Romero movie. Which is yeah, awesome. Black people it's in horror like, movies are like to show diversity, I guess. I mean, that's the thing. Is it I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put this in words in the right way. Like, you have this girl, she's the bitch. You have this girl, she's like the artsy type. You have the token black girl, the token black guy, whichever. That's never, I don't know how to put this into words. You're following me. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, words are hard. The geek. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I was saying though with uh, Night of the Living Dead because th- it's not re- he he doesn't fall in any of those. He's just the the strong male lead, and he just happens to be a black guy. Yeah, but and it's not really made made into any point in the movie. Well, that's the thing is that it's made a point in these other movies because the point is, hey, we've got a black guy in the movie, therefore we're being inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's like on a checkoff list. Yeah. The scary movie. Same thing. Made better way. Yeah, they're not good. No. But I, um what was uh the one movie though by the Hughes brothers, which is a really good horror flick, uh mm. yeah. from hell. From hell, from yeah. Hell, yeah. That's about the only other really like, you know from a black director that I can really remember. Yeah, I don't think there's any black people in it. No, no, but I mean just from a director. Mm-hmm. 
at any rate, it's great, and I really hope it opens up opportunities for other people. Mm. Absolutely. And, and it's not even like the world is closed off to them, but it's this, I think it's a stereotype that's probably not easy to break away from. It's pretty neat, though, coming from, like, um, you know, a guy known for comedy, you know, from Key and Peele. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so be you know is, is that, what's it, which one is it? It's uh, um, would you say appeal? Appeal. Yeah, peel. the one with the hair. <laughs> well, the other guy's always bald. I think. So. Yeah, I don't not know. The, his first not name. the guy. Not the guy in, in uh, Jordan. Jordan Peele. Not the guy in Hell Baby, but the other guy. But it's cool because um, and then we have another comedian making the new uh, the new Halloween. So. Oh yeah, Let's see what he does. I'm interested. Uh, Wolf says "Tales from the Hood." That's true. That that's that's one. Oh, I forgot about that one too. I like that movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. We should have a review on the, uh, for the site here too. There's a new. Uh, Vampire horror movie with uh, Ice T. Oh, nice! Uh, which uh, Jason Mitten, our uh, our new reviewer here on Without Your Head, he was not necessarily a big fan of. No. <laughs> Blood Runners. Uh, set nineteen thirty three Prohibition era. There's little about this movie that feels like it's set in that era. The movie set uh, look. Uh, let's see. The movie sets look like movie sets. The general feel is more of a detective novel or 1930s cop show than it is of any reality. It has it has an cast full of over-the-top performances, bad gangster slang, and stereotypical accents. If I had to compare Blood Runners to any film, I'd compare it to A Vampire in Brooklyn. Not just the common vampire theme, but both both movies were firmly stuck somewhere between trying to be comical and trying to be scary while successfully failing at both. It also has that awkward feeling of a vampire in Brooklyn had where you're not quite sure what to make of it, but you don't like it. (laughs) I think the biggest biggest letdown of all are the actresses in the movie. Women have come a long way since the 1930s, much more so than men have. To see modern-day women playing the part of a woman from another time yet acting so little like the women of that era, it's a common disappointment in movies. Much like 35-year-old actors playing teenagers in any movie involving school-age characters. Uh, I'm not sure what they're trying to do with the completely unnecessary flashbacks to war scenes. It was simultaneously over-the-top serious, yet coming off comical. It actually reminded me of A Christmas Story when child Ralphie has a daydream of staying... Uh, staying off burglars <laughs> with his new Red Rider carbine action 200 shot range model <laughs> air rifle. Black part. <laughs> but what I want, not what I want in a horror movie, or even in a horror themed 1930s gangster movie satire, which is what I felt this was. My personal highlight for the film was actually Ice T. How often will you hear that? Well, I think the director wanted an over-the-top performance from the entire cast. Ice-T tends to play Ice-T. 
no matter what character he is. Not the broadest actor by any means. Ice-T does play the Ice-T character well. Ice-T is a cop. Ice-T is a thug. Ice-T is a punk, as a pimp, which is what Ice-T does best. While Ice-T is a 1930s vampire pimp, is an ideal, it was still nice to have somewhat realistic performance in a movie where everyone else was laughably outlandish. The biggest attribute to Bloodrunners is if the movie's budget was as low as I read it was, then they did an excellent job with how it looks. The price of buying a cheap house is far below where a movie of this visual quality should be. I'm dropping a, a 2 out of 10 rating on Bloodrunners. Wow. It'd be hard to recommend this to anyone unless I someday come across a 1930s detective novel satire-loving vampire fan. <laughs> <laughs> it that maybe that could be Seth's new nickname. That uh, rolls takes, off the tongue. <laughs> yes, it takes a lot uh, a lot for me to rate a movie lower. This film had one more bad CGI at the end of it. I might have gone even lower. So well, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, two out of ten. Yeah, that Jason. one doesn't sound like know. it'll be my movie. No, I really want to know what a one is. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find out. <laughs> Give them time. Uh-huh. Really, and I don't have to go into detail, but I, I didn't. I knew all this hype, but I honestly didn't because I've been out of it recently. I didn't realize uh, that it was uh, Peel. But both Key and Peel are biracial. Hmm. They're not just straight up black. And uh, this thing I'm looking at, my source for that, uh, says they both had problems being biracial. Because then you get picked on by everybody. You don't just get picked on white people for not being white. You get you also get picked on black people for not being black enough. Mm. That's, that's a, so remember that, Seth. Try to be a nicer guy. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> but that is, that is too bad. I mean, it's, it's it's a weird thing to even think about. Yeah, there's really not that much. I mean, they look. They cert- they don't look white, white. But it's like if you're a, a color, you can't like do anything about it. You can't like hide it to try to blend in with the people that are harassing you. <laughs> True. Well, you never know. You know, like some people. Um, it's funny, Stephen Curry, who's probably the best basketball player now. You know, either him or LeBron James. When he was um, at the uh, at the combines for rookies just before he got drafted, one of the people there, they were watching him play and they're like, wow, that white kid's pretty good, you know? And, uh, oh, really? And his, da- his dad, Del Curry, he was like one of the best players of his generation. And, you know, he was, he was a man of color. And so it's just kind of funny. But Steph's very light in, uh, in his yeah. skin tone. I wonder if it helped him. I, I think he was kind of the same way. Like people just assumed he was a white kid. Yeah. Hmm. Which is funny, just because he's you know he's pro- either either he'd be one or two as far as the best basketball players now. Wow, mm. pretty freaking good. Yep. I have my bag. I, I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but we'll be bringing this back at some point. I have my bag of uh, of nips here, but I don't know if we're going to do that tonight. 
Wait, um, excuse me, come again. Uh, my bag of nips of, of of booze of alcohol. Okay, so not like bag of boobs. Right. Well, we, I mean, oops. What was what was he thinking? I don't know. Seth, Get where do you want to go? We're all confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll go down this road though because it made me think of it. I don't want to forget. So I, don't ask me why. I don't know how this came up, but uh, Seth and I were having a chat, and uh, something came up about. Uh, oh, I know. It was he was telling me about Hannah Montana. Got in this conversation. Something about editing. <laughs> Okay. Neil and I were talking once, and how I said that to be fair, there should be testicle cleavage pants or shorts to have like this weird little cutout thing. Because I have that. I saw that picture in my book in my backpack. Yes, that needs to get scanned and published. So Seth told me that is a real thing, and it's called blueberrying. That's now right. I haven't been able to. I'm mean, not like I've spent a lot of time, but as we were talking, I'm like, "What is this blueberrying?" And all I could find is people picking blueberries. <laughs> so, Seth, I'm waiting for evidence that this is even a thing. Or it was weird. It was like people picking blueberries, or this fetish, like about you know, in Willy Wonka, Violet Beauregard has the the whatever the gobstopper. And she ends up turning into a blueberry. There's like a fetish for that. For people not just being big, but that turn like purple and get super huge, like round, like a ball, just like in the fucking movie. Maybe I need to start I wearing like choose- blue and purple clothing. I'll get hit on more. I think she chews gum and gets that way. No, she ended up grabbing one of the candies or something. It must have been a gum, not a gob yeah. shop. It was some kind of gum. That did, uh, it was three meals worth of flavors. Yeah, that's right. It was a whole, like, seven-course meal or whatever it was, yeah. And then it was the blueberry pie, and she started turning. And it always gets stuck on the the dessert. Exactly. Love that movie. The original one with Gene Wilder. I'm going to find this blueberrying thing to post to the group. I did. I was. I saw there was. Uh, there's new like uh, like panties now that have built-in uh, camel toe. Apparently, this is like some new fashion thing. Oh yeah. <sighs> I sent that to uh, to Seth the other day. I forgot about that until just now. Thanks. <laughs> it's very weird. I told Seth he should start wearing them. This time I looked at blueberrying and I see a lot of man panties. They're like. Lacy. Ew. Yeah, well, I don't know what you'll think about it. I'll send you a picture. They are. They're like lacy undies for men. It's weird. Sounds comfortable. I don't know. I'll send it to the group. You can all you can all check this out. I don't know if you all want to, but I'm sending it. We talked about Tom Savini earlier. By the way, Tom Savini was on the, in the front about row. When I talk about lacy well, Sundays. I was thinking of something to say while, <laughs> while, while we were waiting for this to pop up, so it wasn't just dead air. But uh, Tom Savini was in the front row of SmackDown uh, on Tuesday, and uh, I saw so that. I, yeah, and then uh, I didn't realize this, but someone said that he actually made them design the mask for the Wyatts. Oh no, kidding! The uh, yeah, so the, some kind of working relationship with the uh, sheep masks. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You've got to go look at the picture that I'm posting in the on Facebook because those are the pants for you, Neil. I would wear those. Those are pretty sweet. Pants or the undies? The the, the pants. I wouldn't wear the undies. Pants. I actually like boxers. The the pants look too uh, the panties look too uh the too like uh conforming. I just like something. That's loose. what panties are. I understand that, but that's why I don't wear you said panties. It's comfortable. I was just uh, a little icy, maybe would, but uh, it does not look like something that I would enjoy wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a nip here that that we only have one of, so I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink it. What? Why do we only have one of it? What is it? Was it? Just, it was just it was something I bought before we were starting to do this, and oh, I just put it in with these. It's uh, us, don't leave us in the dark. Jeremiah Weed, the curious sarsaparilla whiskey. That sounds amazing, now. Oh my God, does it smell good? It smells just like sarsaparilla, which people don't know. It's like birch beer, root beer kind of thing, but its own little deal. Oh God, that's awesome. I think I always like the Jeremiah weed. All their yeah. stuff, it's, I think. Really That's good. delicious. You can drink it straight. It's still pretty strong, but great flavor and doesn't have any artificial taste. Very good. I would gi- I'd give that one a 10, probably. Do you remember like, where you got it? Mm, not offhand, to be honest. Okay. Maybe at that little place, uh, the kinky place, where the guy went kinky. Oh, what? One of Sagamore. Uh-huh. You never heard this story, Seth? I don't think so. There's this lip there's this uh it's kinda like a seven it's a combination of like a seven eleven, but uh they also sell uh grocery well they have little some groceries, they have frozen stuff, and then they also the other half of the store is uh, is sells booze. And they also have sell uh, adult magazines and, and live worms. It's oh, a very God. very bizarre store. And so anyway, I was there, and we were buying some drinks, and I was looking at the the nips. But we call them nips. Maybe you guys don't call them nips, but the little uh, the little you know little bottles of booze. And this is the first time I saw Kinky, and uh, and so I was looking at him, and the guy just stops and he looks at me, and he goes, Kinky. That was Did just you so right weird. There? So I, I I just stopped looking at him. <laughs> I don't. They really put you me off. Make eye contact yeah. after that. You know what? We sh- I should have just we should have just went with that. And never drank the the kinky because they they weren't yeah, good. Should have listened to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything that guy recommends is probably not a good idea. If he flashes the gold tooth and tells you some other booze, we'll stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Kinky. That was weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's real weird. Yeah, it was a weird time. Did you see the uh, the unused Batmobile design by H.R. Geiger? No. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's cool, but it, it honestly, I think it looks very cool. But I don't really think <laughs> it's Batman. No, it probably would have been neat for something else. Like, yeah. Geeger stuff doesn't always lend itself to everything. Yeah. No, because it's usually very irrational. Yeah, yeah. There are things that just wouldn't work. I was reading a, a Lovecraft story today that talked about, like, how uh, 
someone's description of architecture was that it was wrong. <laughs> and I started thinking about like some of these myths in Lovecraft. I'm like, man, this sounds a lot like Geiger art, this fucking weird shit that just doesn't make sense. That shouldn't work and shouldn't exist. You got to see this design. Yeah. It looks like a, almost like scissors. And... I mean, it's kind of cool. I just don't think it fits Batman. Oh, weird. It's like a bug car. Yeah. Like, yeah. I definitely think it's neat. I just don't think it's Batman. Plus, uh, he's probably better off not being involved in uh, Batman Forever. Oh, is that is that what that was the time <laughs> period? Yeah, yeah. So he probably it's probably best that he's not. That's you know, a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he didn't want to do it. He's like, here you go, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been it. Here, uh, try this. See what you think. <laughs> that movie's so like just not good. I'm surprised they just didn't go with anything offered to him. <laughs> that's that the man. sad thing is they had a vision <laughs> that's what they came up with when they made that movie uh, uh, man that's a good cast yeah give it that Val Kilmer he's kind of the forgotten Batman no one ever talks about him Why? when they talk about Batmans because they try to forget that fucking movie yeah <laughs> He was the real reason that that Dr. Moreau like uh, didn't work out. If you watch that Lost Soul movie, which yeah. is amazing, yeah, mm. it's really Val Kilmer. He seemed like a tall asshole. Oh. I bet. I'm not impressed. That's with another. Stuff. That's another <laughs> sad one. Is uh, is Lost Soul because you see uh, Richard Stanley's you know dream and vision of making uh, Dr. Moreau, you know, just fall apart. Yeah, it's true, and I'm you know I'm kind of with them on that too because I I love Doctor Moreau and I'd like to see like you know a, a great version of it. It would be really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you want, uh, like the um, who was the guest we because he's he was the guy with Richard Stanley who made who made like all the uh, the designs. Um, we had him on the show. He's an English uh, artist. Oh yeah, yep. I can't Annabelle. remember his name. Graham no. Humphreys? Yeah, Graham Humphreys. Yep, there you go. And all the stuff they did together, so bizarre and, like, incredibly dark and strange. Like, you know, it's like there's a cat woman, but she has, like, you know, a bunch of nipples and stuff like a cat would. And just all this weird <laughs> stuff. What? <laughs> well, it's just really dark, weird stuff uh, that's going on. And, um... But for, uh, you know, a lot of it was too dark. They didn't want to do. And it's too bad. I would love to. See. He said that uh, he would like to do it as a comic book sometime, which that would be pretty sweet. Oh, that would yeah. be. Nice. But yeah, people should. Really, that's a that's an interview on uh, Without Your Head with uh, with Richard Stanley. It's just awesome. Mm -hmm. And he would be great to have, to have back sometime. Do it. Yeah, he was a guy. I was uh, I was upset I did not have something to record a uh, video because he was on camera. But uh, oh, was he? Yeah, just real briefly. Then when you realized he realized it was, he turned... huh? Wasn't he in a castle? Yeah, he he lives in a in a, like this uh, abandoned castle in France. Is he like in an abandoned castle? Like he's a squatter in a castle? No, I, I don't think so. I don't not the, I don't believe. <laughs> Really sure, but <laughs> got, he has internet and stuff, so it must be like 
He writes scripts. He writes like Hollywood scripts in, in this uh, castle, in, in this old ruined castle in France. It's just the most crazy, amazing story. Just listen to the guy. He's like, he was over here making um, uh, MTV music videos and he just like hated, you know, hated it. So he just left and he went to Afghanistan and started like uh, fighting with them against the Russians. It was just like, what? <laughs> it was just so, so crazy. And then, well, he uh, sounds like an interesting guy. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. And he, his Kinda mother like was to hang with him. Oh, yeah. He was great. A great guy. His mother was into witchcraft. And uh, he grew up in South Africa. And uh, he, he, I didn't know this, but he made a lot of documentaries the last like 10 years. And he went to Haiti and made a documentary about uh, voodoo. And he actually saw like uh, zombie rituals and stuff. It was like, it sounded oh, wow. really, I'd love to, to watch that. He made this documentary about a. Uh, about Nazis, I think it was uh, was the Nazis search for the actual search for the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty wild. And the guy that he was researching was like an openly gay Jew. Well, not openly, but he was a gay Jewish uh, Nazi. And I was just like, how did that wow. happen? And like, apparently, he got like killed later on. But it was just it was just this wild story. And uh, he actually talked to like some of the people that were around back then because he was making that in like the 90s, it took like 15 years to actually, you know, make the whole thing and get it out. But uh, I definitely would like to check a lot of his uh, his documentaries out. It was great. So anyway, oh, by the way, I want to thank uh, the the music of the month tonight in Aona. And Annabelle here was the one uh, that got them involved. So fantastic. Do tell. I hope you guys really enjoy it because I freaking loved it. I saw them live New Year's Eve and I was blown away. The energy is just so great. Her voice is so freaking incredible. They play live as well as, as you hear. They're just awesome. Nice people. Yeah. And the, yeah, great stuff. Uh, so I hope you guys like the music, like Annabelle said, and you can also hear it on our new, uh, podcast, uh, Horror music Saturday nights with uh, Johnny Rose, and um, which is fantastic. It's a, he does a great job with that. Uh, tonight, this week we have like a two-hour special one, so that's pretty sweet. He's a wonderful guy. Thanks to Johnny Rose that's for fantastic. for all that work. Yeah, and I know uh, he get enjoys real, doing it. But it is still work, and it's awesome that he does it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, get real in the heads. Also, new uh, podcast here on Without Your Head. And uh, they've got uh, they've got like three or four episodes up already, and they just opened their own Facebook page, which will show we'll pay we'll uh, share that on Without Your Head. Uh, with um, it's all about uh, documentaries, a lot of cool guests. They have actually pretty big guests coming up. I'm not sure I'm supposed to say yet or not. Well, but, don't. Uh, I will not. Say <laughs> uh. uh, right. Week. Yes, exactly. Rye Levy does a great job with that, so thank him. And um, of course, uh, chaotic good podcast all about gaming and the, and and, uh, and nerds and and video games and role playing games and comic books. It's it's a great time. I always like the strawberry grape nerds. Hmm, I do too. Oh, they they keep making all weird ones. You know, they make all these weird ones and. They're cool and all, but I still think the grape, like grape strawberry ones, are the best. The watermelon one was pretty good too, but the grape yeah, strawberries. Like, yeah, I currently have some uh, watermelon 
juicy juice, which is it's mostly apple juice, but it does have watermelon in it. It's, is it good? It's I'm always good. scared to have anything watermelon because it's usually uh, so artificial and gross. Yeah, but this is 100% juice, no artificial, nothing artificial. It's uh, really good. But anyway, uh, looks like we're going to wrap this up. It's awesome to have you back, Annabelle. Oh, are you guys wrapping up? You don't have to yeah. wrap up. Yeah, okay. I mean, matter yeah. Me. You can keep going. I have to go, people, because oh, no, I'll we'll wrap her up. Yeah, oh, it's, it's totally up to you guys. All right, but and one I have, last I thing from me before we wrap yes. up. Um, I told Neil and Seth about it last week. I don't know if they've watched it or not, but you're gonna have to watch Ellen Back, which is on uh, Netflix right now. Oh, it's a claymation. Oh yeah, claymation movie. I think you'll really dig it. I think everyone will like it. And where Sweet. do we find this? On uh, on Netflix. Oh, sweet. Okay. Awesome. Bob yeah. Odenkirk's The Voice of the Devil. I think you guys will really like it. I'm going to put that down right now. And, so yeah, and I love uh, love Claymation. Hopefully we can all try to watch it uh, before next week, and we'll talk about it. That'd yeah, be we'll great. do like a little review. I think you guys will dig it. I, I wouldn't yeah. steer you wrong. Awesome. awesome. And yeah. we'll, be film, we'll be filming a new dinner and a movie for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Indeed. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm looking if forward any, to that. If anybody's interested... Go and you are are in the vicinity of Brookline, right outside of Boston, just like right there. The Coolidge After Midnight is showing at midnight. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. That's perfect, though. Yeah, it's yeah. Free. Long as it's not the new one from Sci-Fi. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, which I guess I can't talk to, but I will be interviewing uh, the guy who played the leprechaun in that. But uh, for my for wrestling, movie. Show, for wrestling, all right, <laughs> yeah. that's all right. He was a better wrestler than he was a leprechaun. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right. Well, it's awesome having the band back together. I think we'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll um, next week we'll have an earlier start time. We'll have all the announcements on the website when we figure out the exact starting time. And uh, so this was awesome. This is Nasty Neil. This is Annabelle Lecter. This is Terrible Troy. That was Seth Ice. This oh. is without. Sound should be back on now. Who do you oh. 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 Disco Boopy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>